My name is Didi Sly, and today I'll be your host on Union Matters. And we have Patricia Wall, who is, uh, what is your official title? I'm a navigator with the Office of Workplace Mental Health. Right, we're going to learn so much more about the Office of Workplace Mental Health today. So thank you for joining us. The Office of Workplace Mental Health, unfortunately, isn't available to all of our members. Um, We have 31,000 members. Right. Um, But... Quite a few of these members work for the civil service and also for the, is it the tourism? Tourism, Nova Scotia tourism. Yes. As well as, is the Pension Corporation? The Pension Corporation as well, Innova Corp as well. Yep. And um, Nova Scotia Lands, we also support. And I think it's anybody who is a member of the Nova Scotia Public Service. LTD, yes, who, who has membership in that plan exactly uh, is covered by and can access the services of the Office of Workplace Mental Health. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved with the Office uh, of Workplace Mental Health, Patricia? Sure. So I started my career in government in 2009. I actually started with the Department of Labor and Advanced Education. I was an education officer with them. Um, I had uh, graduated from a master's in education and I had had my own business, my own consulting firm for a number of years. And ironically, I actually did software. I My background was IT. And then I um, got this position with uh, government, with the Department of Labor. And part of my role there was supporting the Occupational Health and Safety Division. So I, um, I actually, on my interview, asked what OSH meant. And a month later, I was designing an OSH ACT course. So I did a lot of uh, training and support for the Occupational Health and Safety Division. And uh, it became one of my main um, roles, functions with the Occupational Health and Safety Division. And I managed the new officer training program. So for all new safety inspectors that came in, And so I revamped the whole training program, what we call the NOTP for them. And that was back in 2009. And, but I've always had a real big interest in um, HR, what we would refer to as soft skills. And when a position became open with the Public Service Commission, with the organization development team, I uh, competed and got the position. So I was there for probably four years, I guess it was. And part of my role there was supporting departments uh, with leadership competencies, so management development competencies. But I guess just to backtrack a little bit, when I was with Occupational Health and Safety or Department of Labor, I, uh, I was heavily involved with the Josh Committee and was the chairperson of the Josh Committee. And it was... Um, a real, there was a real keen interest in the new psychological uh, health and safety standard. 
And so I really lobbied and uh, rallied to get psychological health and safety as part of um, the, the Josh committee. And so when I went to work with the um, organization development team with Public Service Commission, I, uh, one of the things that uh, we got asked a lot for was resilience training. People were looking for stress management, change management, but it was quite evident that it was resilience that they were looking for. So um, I always said resilience is the new change management. And so I designed a resilience course. I was doing some workshops, some three-hour workshops while I was at Department of Labor because it was a request there as well. But when I went with the PSC and the org development team, I developed a a one-day resilience course. I had, uh, in addition to doing my master's in education, I became very interested in positive psychology. So I did uh, training in positive psychology. Um, Was very interested in mindfulness. I had been meditating for about five years and uh, really found that it was really worthwhile for me. Ironically, while I was developing this resilience program, I was going through a really big life change myself. Um, I was I was going through a separation after 24 years of marriage, and so you know there were days I would think, "Oh my goodness, what am I doing?" And but it was the tools that I learned myself as I was developing this program that really kind of helped me through the process. And uh, and so that's why I'm really big on self care and resilience. And so when the position became available, this new Office of Workplace Mental Health was uh, being opened, I had a real keen interest in going to work there. So I competed uh, for the position and I got um, the role of navigator and I'm responsible for the Western region of the province. And so, you know, helping people uh, is really important to me and people taking care of themselves and helping people as well, because sometimes I know what it's like to be overwhelmed and not know where to turn to for help. So the role of the navigator is really one as a supporting and a helping role where you can kind of walk along the journey with people, you know, to to find out what resources are out there for them and what supports and tools are out there for them uh, as they kind of navigate through uh, their own journeys in mental health. If anybody feels like they need to call uh, the Workplace of Mental Health right now, or if you'd like to jot down this number, it's 902-424-CARE, C-A-R-E-2273. So 902-424-2273 or 424-CARE. And it's got a toll-free number, 1-833-389-CARE. Again, 1-833-389-2273. And the email is simple, O-W-M-H at novascotia.ca. 
So if you're a member of the Nova Scotia Public Service LTD plan, or if you work for the government or some of the government corporations, the the arm's length kind of uh, corporations that have been devolved out of government, you might be a member of uh, and and able to access uh, the service. Can you just tell me in a nutshell what, how you would describe the service? I can, yeah. And it's also for full-time part-time seasonal employees as well. So it's not just full-time employees. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So seasonal. So all of our parks people who work seasonally. What we will do as navigators is um, we will consult with uh, employees that call our office. So generally what will happen is somebody will call our office or they'll email our office and it comes to um, our office manager and she will triage uh, to the navigator for the region. So very minimal information she gets from the person, their name and their location. Uh, Sometimes people want to open up about what they are looking for. but generally it's just their name and their location. And so as navigators, we have time that's allotted in our calendars every week uh, for navigation calls. We book out an hour uh, per call. Generally, uh, you know, it's a half hour for the call and then time for our notes. But quite honestly, most times the calls take about an hour. Sometimes people don't want to meet face to face. So generally the initial consult is on the phone, but we do have people that will come into the office um, because my region is the Western region. If somebody wants to meet face-to-face, then I'll make arrangements and I'll go and I'll meet them. And, and I like to meet them kind of where they're at. Not It doesn't have to be in their office. So you know, I've met people at the Bridgewater Lifestyle Center, for example. So any, time, any way that we can remove a barrier to them coming forward and to them opening up and being comfortable, we'll do that. And we... Um, you know, sometimes with people, when they kind of present, it might be a problem, you know, they're having at work, for example. But through discussions, you find out there's some stuff going on at home. And if that was kind of, if they dealt with that, then the work stuff would take care of itself. So maybe, you know, they believe that, you know, their manager is, uh, you know, kind of coming down on them. Maybe they're not being as productive as they once were. And kind of when you peel back those layers, you see that, yeah, the underlying problem here isn't really the manager. It is that they're not performing as well, perhaps, and because there are things that are going on at home. And then it's, they almost feel like a relief, you know, that they've, they've brought that forward to you. Um, And so then you can really kind of help. Some people want, you know, online resources. Sometimes uh, people don't know what their benefits are through our Employee Family Assistance Program. They don't know that Blue Cross is different than the Employee Family Assistance Program, not aware that they get the $1,000 a year psychological services under Blue Cross, not just for them, but for anybody that's on their plan as well. So we kind of help them with that. Uh, Sometimes people want a support group within their community or they want, you know, recommendations for a book or for some online tools that they could use. And so we kind of work with them to see what works best for them. We always offer follow up and 
um, probably 95% of people will take follow-up. And and the reason we do that, it's kind of an accountability piece as well, because somebody could say, yeah, I'll call Morneau Chappelle, I'll call my EFAP, and then life happens and they don't. But if they know that they're going to have a follow-up with the navigator in two weeks, they'll do it. Uh, so it's an account, a bit of an accountability piece for them, which people really do appreciate. And we don't have a limit on the number of times that somebody can call us. So, you know, I have one client that I've been working with since November uh, on a self-care plan. And, you know, we try some things. And sometimes, you know, you try something and they might say, yeah, that didn't work for me. And so then you try something else. So we kind of walk with them right through that journey until they say, you know what, I'm really, I'm good now. And at that point, we can close the file. And they know that they can come back. And at any point, they can come back and we'll support them again. That's incredible. That's really personal care. It, It really is. It really is. Yeah. It, you know, and, uh, and we see a whole, you know, a, a range of uh, topics, you know, from people having maybe having trouble with um, a, a child or a teenager or somebody that might have some problems with addictions to somebody that, you know, is having problems with their co-workers. Um, so it, it can we never know when we talk to the person, what the what their concerns may be. And, you know, and that can be, it can be a little challenging sometimes, because you're not sure uh, what the topic is going to be, or what type of support that you're going to have. Because of course, you want to help them right there and then, right? And sometimes, you know, we just need to, to do some research, uh, you know, if they're looking for something within their community or whatever. So then we have to do a little bit of research so that we can go out and, you know, make sure that we're getting the best support for them that they can. You know, sometimes people don't know the difference. You know, uh, why would I go to a psychologist and not a psychiatrist? Or, you know, uh, what what does it mean? What What is cognitive-based therapy? What can I expect in a session like that? So we're able to help them with those types of, uh, of questions. We don't provide therapy. Um, so often we get asked, what's the difference of calling you guys and calling EFAP? So we're not, uh, we, we don't provide counseling services and therapy services. We're, we do more coaching. So we will coach people along. So we kind of probably butt up against the therapies sometimes because the three navigators all do have a background in mental health. Um, but we're not therapists. So, you know, we will kind of just navigate them down that road for, you know, therapists. And sometimes, you know, people will say, I don't want to take medication. I don't want to go to a doctor. I don't want to take medication because they have the stigma attached to it. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of discover and just talk about what that means, right? If, if I went to the doctor and I was told I had diabetes and I needed to take insulin, I would take insulin. And the same holds true if there's a a mental health concern, then if I need medication, then 
I should probably take the medication because it gives me good, better quality of life. So, and sometimes people don't think of it in those terms. And, you know, and they, they've heard stories about others that have had medication and things that have happened and stuff. So it's, um, that's part of removing the stigma attached to it as well, is their understanding of what, uh, what, you know, the, what medication can do for them or what self-care can do for them. And we also don't, you know, we don't want people to wait until, you know, they're in a crisis to call us. We want to be proactive as well. So on the, um, on our webpage, on MyHR, we have a self-care plan. And as navigators, we actually will help people uh, develop a self-care plan so that they will know what works for me. You know, how can I recognize the triggers when I'm getting stressed and what's worked for me in the past and who can I call? Who should I call? Who, who shouldn't I call as well? And in just identifying, you know, their physical needs and emotional or spiritual needs and what what works for them to be kind of the whole person so that they can bring their whole person to work and to home as well. So uh, we do have a number of, uh, of clients that actually are very proactive and want to work on self-care as well. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, this is, I'm sure as you're going along and developing this coaching relationship with this person, there's a lot of information shared. Is there, uh, can you tell me a little bit about, um, I know it's a confidential service. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about how that works and what people might expect? It is a strictly confidential service. And so um, when I have a, a meeting with a, a client, um, I keep minimum information. So of course, we have to keep notes because we need to know what kind of resources and stuff that we uh, provided to them. But we do not share the information with anyone. Uh, we don't share the information with HR, with managers, with Morneau Chappelle. It is strictly between the navigator and the employee, the conversation. And um, the only time that we would be required to break confidentiality is under the legal limits of the law. Basically, if somebody was in imminent danger of uh, hurting themselves or someone else. We're not a crisis line, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't get someone calling us in a crisis. It's not happened. Um, but, you know, if it, if it did happen, somebody having suicidal thoughts is not like imminent danger right now. They're not they're not saying I'm going to do this right now, basically, right? Uh, so we would, you know, uh, use the uh, assist method with them, um, which is a suicide intervention training, uh, which is a proven model. And, you know, we'd work on them having a safe plan for now to keep them safe and to make sure that they got the help that they needed. So, um, and if somebody was in imminent danger, we have to, you know, we have to protect them. So at that point, we would have to, to reach out to 911. Um, but we do tell people it isn't a crisis line. We're not, you know, we, we don't work over weekends and things. Um, and if somebody is in a crisis, 
they should reach out to the mental health crisis line or to 911 in emergency. How busy are you? The, the amount of attention that you're giving each person sounds incredible. And I just wonder how that's possible given there's only so many hours a day. Are, are you able to handle the demand? How is the demand for the service going so far? And when, when did the office open? We opened in October of 2018. Right. So it's, so it's only been... 10 months. Yeah, like yeah. nine months. Nine months. So do you, do you see getting overwhelmed yourself or how, how is work? It is. It's it's busy. It's very busy. Uh, of course, it's busier in the central region because demographically we have more people in central than we do in the outlying areas. Uh, but it's quite busy in busy in in all regions, and uh, we're very good to be able to support each other as navigators. So, for example, our navigator in Halifax, Colleen Bob. If Colleen is, you know, really overwhelmed with a lot of calls and I don't have as many in Western or Michelle McDonald in Northeast doesn't, then we will we we'll, we will take some of these calls as well and do some of these consults as well. But it is it as as awareness of our office is growing, uh, then the demand is is getting higher. Uh, and and we we're a very cohesive team, so we're very good to take care of each other, and you know, and to recognize that you know, if you've got a particularly, if you had a particularly um, challenging situation, that we know that we need to take care of ourselves too. Whether that's you know, to just go out for a walk or to, you know, just to go in we have a quiet room in our location downtown at the world old world trade and convention center at 1800 argyle and anybody is welcome to come in um and you know for me if i have a challenging uh call or i just feel like it's strained me a little i will go and i will meditate that's my thing and you know calling will go and and for a walk and uh and so with michelle we also are lucky in that we have a therapy dog that comes in two days a week, uh, Nova. And so she's great, you know, when you're having a bit of a challenging day, it's great to have her there as well, uh, just to kind of do just to be a little bit of a distraction as well yeah and we as navigators uh you know our director carolyn campbell is she is very uh good at checking in with us we actually do weekly check-ins with carolyn everybody does um we have eight staff members and she makes time every week to do a check-in just to see how things are going for us and if we need anything, is there any support that we need. And uh, we do team meetings uh, once a week and we all do a round table and we do a check-in of how we're feeling and what's going on. And so it's a really good way for us to keep our eyes on each other as well. And Carolyn is actually arranging that, uh, you know, the navigators do talk to a psychologist uh, at least once a year. So that's going to be coming up shortly for us as well, just to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of our own uh, mental health as well. 
How could you tell us a little bit? Uh, the NSGU is particularly proud to be part of this initiative. Yes. Um, I know Jason, since he became president, has made a personal commitment to make sure that this is a successful partnership and um, is really really would like to see it kind of happen for for all of our members in some way if it could be uh this pilot project or this project be kind of uh duplicated in other areas and um so could you tell me a little bit about how do you do you know how it came to be yes i do actually in 2014 the province adopted the national standard on psychological health and safety and uh, actually the first province in the country to do so. So we're pretty proud of that. And out of that, um, the, um, the office was basically as a result of that uh, standard being adopted. We adopted that standard too. Yes, you did. As a workplace. As yeah. a workplace, you yeah. did, yes. High five. High five, yes, exactly. <laughs> we're high-fiving here. <laughs> So uh, we do have a short-term illness program, and we get an EI, an employment insurance rebate, from Service Canada because we have short-term illness, right? We don't get the, we don't go off on EI if we go off on sick leave. And so as a result, we get money back um, uh, that we don't use for EI, for short-term illness. And so that money has been funneled into our long-term disability trust fund, and so the rebate for that must go uh, for employee benefits. So the NSGEU president, so Jason McLean, and the commissioner, Laura Lee Langley, they're both co-sponsors of that uh, LTD trust fund. And they signed a, mem- a memorandum of agreement with QP, with the QP Local 1867. And um, that um, allows... Uh, the rebate to support mental health and wellness uh, in government workplaces. And so we came together as a team. Uh, It was just a year ago this week. So July 2nd, uh, all the team members were in place. So when we came together, um, we were we collaborated with stakeholders, you know, people with with NSGEU, with QP, with uh, human resources at PSC, attendance management, occupational health and safety, uh, Moino Chappelle. So we actually brought together a lot of stakeholders to see uh, where we could collaborate, where we could work, and where the gaps were as well, and what we needed to focus in on. And then we did a, a sprint, um, so a five-day sprint where we really dug deep into uh, what are going to be our priorities, uh, you know, what's phase one look like, what's phase two look like. And because we are a three-year uh, pilot project, really. And so we are almost one year in. And, you know, we're quite proud of uh, some of the stuff that we have done so far within this, you know, 10 months, nine months that we've been opened. Uh, And we're, you know, we're hoping that after the three years that, uh, you know, we will continue on. We are actually the first province in the country to have a dedicated Office of Workplace Mental Health. 
So Yay. yeah, yeah, it is. And it's not, it's, you know, it's important for people to know that this is something that, you know, NSGEU, QP, and the other partners and the Public Service Commission have really identified that they really want to take care of people's mental health and well-being. So it isn't tied to the government of the day. It's, you know, it's, people that really want to look at, uh, you know, having a workplace that is really, you know, mentally fit. And, you know, and certainly the government uh, supports it, our minister heavily supports it. Um, But it is not something that, you know, it was a political agenda. And I think it's important for people to know that as well. Yes, I agree. I think, We have something here that's going through a bit of a revamp, but it's called the Bully Free Workplaces Program. And um, I know that that started kind of being developed around 2008. I was actually a facilitator in that program. Hey, I did that program a number of years ago. So, and I know that, uh, you know, that, that this whole initiative of workplace mental health has been a priority for our union for a long time. I mean, and, uh, and the kind of seeing because we're in touch with our members, you know, like, and our members are telling us so this psychological wellness is a huge thing, whether it's mental illness uh, with their families and at home, there's nobody that you can point to that doesn't know somebody who has some men- mental illness or another. It's really invisible, but nonetheless present. Do you have any stats on how you're doing so far? I do, actually. So we do a quarterly reports and accountability report to, to the board. Um, and so we do have a dedicated research and evaluation specialist with us. And so when we go out and we do any presentations and things or any of the talks that we do, uh, we collect surveys. And we actually, once a file gets closed, a navigation file, so client, you know, we've helped them, we do ask them if uh, they would participate in a short survey. So it's completely anonymous, and uh, we don't share their, we don't share their personal information, but we do, you know, look at how many calls we had and things. So just some of the, you know, some of the stats that I have here is, as of the end of April, so, you know, we were only opened seven months then, uh, we have made close to 90 presentations in 21 departments. So we go out and we do um, awareness um, sessions. And, you know, the winter works for TIR, we were at, at most of those meetings all across the province. And we go into different departments. Um, we had more than 5,000 views of mental health content on my HR and the hub up till the end of April. Uh, we had, uh, we've hosted five province-wide mental health talks since we've been open. So we've had them at, um, down at the art gallery downtown. Uh, so we had uh, Sharon Salzberg, who was a, she's a world-renowned leader in mindfulness and meditation, and she's written a number of books. Her latest is Happiness at Work. And so she was on site at uh, Art Gallery, but we had it set up so that people could log in, and so she, we streamed live to all government offices across the province, and it was recorded. All of our talks have been recorded, and they are up on my HR. We had uh, Bruno, 
who if I try to pronounce his last name, I'm not going to do it right. Uh, he's a, he um, he talks about his struggles with PTSD. And uh, then we had uh, Tyler Simmons, who is a young black male from the Preston area, who's talked about his struggles with mental health and mental illness. And we had John Carson, who's the called the mindful cop so he came in and during the um mental health awareness week he actually broadcast out of the correctional facility in burnside and then he did another session at the art gallery and that was live streamed across the province as well and i did a talk on um, building personal resilience and uh, we did that from down at the nscc waterfront theater and we broadcast that out across the province as well all those talks are up on my hr and uh, so we got uh, you know some really we collected some really good feedback on those talks and looking at what people want as well in the future um we know that uh we had uh through those talks we had over 1100 people that either attended in person or online so there's you know there there is a lot of appetite there for it um we have uh, reached over 3,000 employees uh, through presentations and um, webinars. So we can do a webinar. So rather than going out to a location, if they just want us to Skype in, we can do that. And uh, so we collected over 2,500 feedback surveys from webinar from uh, presentations alone. And feedback on um, the services as well. So once a file has gotten closed, um, it's 95% said they would recommend the navigation service. And so 73% of the files that were closed, so 73% said, yes, I'll do a survey. So of those, 95% said they would uh, recommend the service. 95% say that the service increased their awareness of available mental health resources and supports. And uh, 42% say the navigation service had an impact on their ability to stay at work. So some of these people were not going to go off work, but, but those that were going to, uh, that that was kind of where they were headed. Forty-two percent said that their interaction with the navigator kept them at had an impact on their staying. And thirty-five percent of our callers are managers, and sixty-five percent are employees. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a lot more of a percentage of managers than I would have expected. And it is a surprising number that people do seem surprised by that number. But you know, when we think about our managers, so some of these calls are managers looking at how they can support their employees. They've got employee an employee and they know that they're having some concerns and they want to know how they can support them. And of course, you know, managers are employees as well and they can get the stress from the top and from the bottom and kind of get sandwiched in between. Some of these, you know, we'll help managers have uh, 
coach them through conversations about having conversations with an employee about um, mental, you know, any mental health concerns, because it's not a comfortable area for some people. And, you know, for some managers, they just don't know what can I say, what can't I say. And, you know, we listened to that was kind of loud and clear when we started. Managers did say we need something. So we created a manager's flip book. And uh, it's have you seen it? Yes. Isn't it great? Yeah. The framework for it comes from the uh, working mind. Uh, So we do working mind training out of our office as well, which is uh, through the Mental Health Commission of Canada. And so mental health is looked at on a spectrum, on a continuum. So it's a continuum model, you know, that goes from green, yellow, orange, red. And so, you know, when somebody is in a really healthy stage, how can you keep them there? So it's just tools and tips for managers. And it moves right along the continuum. You know, that if you notice changes in behavior and changes in attitude and things uh, with employees, and you think, oh, they may be actually in the orange zone here. Here are some tips and supports and things for the manager. So it's a really useful tool, and it's being rolled out to all managers across government. So there is a rollout plan for that. And um, so all managers should be getting that uh, shortly. Nice, good idea. And we are going to, we are looking at a similar product for employees as well. Okay, excellent. It's not only you. I think it's also your family. If you're experiencing some mental health challenges, uh, or you know, let's say with a son or daughter or something like that, you can uh, call and and they can help you with some of those questions you might have too. So it's not only workplace. Exactly. Exactly. It's if you're having any struggles, we don't actually directly support family members in that they can't call like they could with Morneau Chappelle, for example, or EFAP, because they don't pay into the the EI benefits, right? But in an indirect way, we know that if you've got some problems going on at home, it really does affect your ability to be able to perform at your optimal level at work. So yeah, we do we do help in an indirect way uh, as well. And the other thing to point out is that it's through self referral only. So for example, if a manager you know, called me and said, hey, I think Didi's having some mental health conditions, concerns, can you call her? We won't cold call anybody. So it is something that is self-referral. And again, I can't stress enough, it is very, it's a confidential service. So people don't have to be concerned that, you know, their manager is going to call and I'm going to share information with managers or HR. We, d- we don't do that as, as, um, as a team. But That's if I just, had, let's say I noticed that my coworker is have is struggling. Right. I could call and say, how can I help my absolutely, coworker? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And one of the best ways to be able to help is to encourage them mm-hmm. to, to contact us. And, uh, you know, we have uh, business cards and magnets and stuff that, you know, we've been distributing to all offices. And it's really good to keep those on hand, right? to help people or to kind of recommend that they give us a call. 
thank you so much, Patricia, for coming out and uh, for giving us all of this information. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come in and, and talk about our office. And, you know, if you're curious and uh, people, you know, will say, what's the difference with you guys and Bueno Chappelle? Why would I call you and not them? And, you know, we basically say, if you know what you want, so if you know I need counseling services or I want a financial or legal, and I know that Bueno has that, you can call and they can just, you know, put you through to the right people if you don't know what you want and you need help figuring it out call us we'll help you figure it out that's fabulous thanks for being here with us and thanks to all of you uh, listeners of union matters our podcast from nsgeu this is Dee Dee sly your host uh, signing off and have a great day